Hello everyone, welcome to Limitless Woman episode number 7. I'm Pamela and wishing you started an amazing November. We're only two months away to end this incredible year. Thank you for all your support I've been receiving to keep going with this project. It empowers my drive and my purpose to inspire a women community by listening to real successful stories despite life circumstances. Today my heart is fulfilled with love to have a very special human being sharing with us a little bit of her. She's an inspiring woman who truly cares for the wellness of others. I admire her sincere heart that is so transparent and pure, a soul that is here on earth to sincerely love others. She's very committed to her life purpose and gives her 100% for service. Her name is Marianne Ritchie. She's doing palliative care, end-of-life care, providing hands and emotional support and spiritual comfort for residents and their families as they transition from living life to peacefully exiting life. She has completed over 24 years of studies and got over 20 years of practical nursing experience in clinics, treatment centers, hospices, home care, and hospitals. She has been recognized multiple times for being able to provide compassionate care for patients in all walks of life and also volunteers at Casey House Hospice in Toronto, Ontario for intensive care. I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this powerful interview and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Well, Marianne. Hello. Hello. I am extremely happy and super grateful that you are here sharing of your amazing life, amazing journey, all of your incredible stories that you are going to be able to share with us. I'm really grateful that you are taking this time and I know you're going through a tough time right now in your life. Thank you. And um, so that's why I wanted you to be able to share with us a little bit of your amazing, humble heart. Well, thank you for um, asking me to come. Um, it's an honor and I'm passionate about what I do to be able to talk about it to help other women to understand it, maybe for a goal change in life where my life continues to go, where my journey continues to go. The journey that we ride day by day. Yes. doesn't matter. And sometimes we don't know what circumstances will come to True. our lives. True. But the thing is like to keep moving forward. You have to move forward. Your actual job is a palliative care, end of life care. Yes. And can you tell us a little bit more about what you do there? I'm a palliative care nurse, and I take care of people at the end of life. Their journeys are coming to an end for whatever reason. could be a disease process such as cancer, ALS, uh, kidney failure, um, just end of life. They're old. The journey is coming to an end, and the body is starting to slow down. And my goal is to help them along the journey, the final stages of their life. And by doing that, I also work with the important people in their lives, whether it's their spouses, their children, their siblings, even parents. They will often have questions and concerns and fears and will express anger, resentment, extreme sadness at the impending death of, of, of the loved one. And I get to work with them as well as with my patient. And it's a wonderful um, experience. It can be difficult, but it's also, I find it very rewarding to be able to help people. And I, I kind of want to demystify the fear of death and dying, because a lot of people, even in the 21st century, don't want to talk about death and dying. We're all going to die, and it's what we do 
in preparation for uh, our death or other people's death. It's a tough subject for sure. It is. And it's all about fear when you don't know where you're going after. Exactly. Or the ones that we are seeing here, how we can deal with. Well, how does their life continue when their spouse or their sibling when, exactly. or a parent has gone? What are they to do with their life? And, and that's part of our life's journey. Mm-hmm. We have to continue because it's not our time yet. If we're still here, it's not our time. Um, people think that uh, once that person is gone, that they're never going to be connected to them again. I truly believe that. We're always connected. The heart-to-heart, soul-to-soul connection we have with our loved one is not broken just because they're no longer here in the physical sense. We're still connected to our loved ones, whether they're here or in the or I call it the other side. And how can you are so warm having this kind of job? Because it's not easy at all. And we were talking um, earlier that people that are in this field, yes, like in the medicine field, yes. They tend to to protect themselves in yes. a certain way, yes. to be colder and not be that sensitive when they started, probably. Right. But you are a lovely human being. Your heart's... Thank you. I cannot even describe the size of your heart. And you have an amazing soul. And if you if you all could see their eyes, like you would know definitely what I'm talking about. And how you do it. For me... Uh... This is a gift given to me by my higher power. I'm not religious, as we discussed earlier. I'm very spiritual, and I believe that my God said, okay, Mary, this is what you're here to do. You're here to make a difference. You're here to help people when their journey comes to an end. And for me, that's an honor that I'm, that I'm entrusted with this. Um, I don't even call it work, line of work. It's, it's who I am. It's a big part of who I am. And I really believe that we should treat each other with dignity and respect mm-hmm. and not be afraid to care um, about other people. And yes, we're, we're going to lose people as our life's journey continues. But in the meantime, while they're here with us, our lives are enriched on many, many different levels. Um, for me, I can't shut off my, uh, my emotions when I'm dealing with people. But when I'm at work, I'm in, I call it work mode or nurse mode. I deal with what I have to do, and I'm constantly assessing to see if they need something. Do they need medication? Are they in pain? Are they awake? Are they dying? You know, with all the different steps that are involved with it. Um, but when I'm in that mode, it doesn't mean I don't care, because I, I do care. That's why I, I do this. Um, I can disconnect to a degree when, when I'm there, and then when I leave... I'm, I'm back to me. Like people have seen me in work and they're like, you're a different person when you're at work. That's because I'm meant to do something different. I'm meant to work with people as they, they finish their journey here. Um, and I'm in awe of the fact that I have witnessed hundreds of deaths. I've been with people more than 100 times as they, as they have left their earthly journey, as I put it. Um, and the fact that they trust me and they feel safe enough to leave when I'm there and take away the fear from them is, is like, wow, I did it. I did it. I made it easier for them. And they've come back to me in dreams to say, thank you. You made it easier for me to leave. You made it less scary for me to leave. And I'm like, you're welcome. Thank you for letting me know. And thank you 
Thank you for the privilege of taking care of you as your life's journey here comes to an end. And it is, it is a privilege. It really is. Because you connect with people in a really deep way. I do. I do. Yeah. How to do that? It's just, when I meet people, whether it's a patient at work or whether it's in everyday life, mm -hmm. I always look at people's eyes because for me, eyes lead to the soul. Mm -hmm. And that tells me what the person is like, you know, um, I get a sense of what they are about. Just the energy off the person, looking in their eyes. I'm sensitive in, in that aspect and, and I'm thankful for that sensitivity so that I can tune in. Because when I was in nursing school, I read a line one time that said, please hear what it is I'm not saying, which is, you know, you meet everybody every day, say, hi, how are you? And the usual answer is, I'm fine, thank you, how are you? But I take it one step further, and I will look at the person, and the person will say, I'm fine, and I'm looking at them, and their bodies tell me the exact opposite. And I'm like, really? Okay, tell me what's really going on. Are you uncomfortable? Are you sad? Are you angry? I just have to... I've learned over the years to read in between the lines and, and to hear what's not being said. Because we're taught as we're growing up that somebody greets you, you're polite, hi, how are you, nice to meet you, I'm fine, thank you. In the meantime, your life can be hell in the background, you know, and but not everybody wants to hear it, but I do. Not everyone wants to connect with someone else in a truly way. That's true. And That's like true. right now that life is like just running out like super fast. Yes. So you don't even... Take the time to look aside and say, like, how are you? That's right. And it's, it's, a, it's a perfunctionary response. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And, in the meantime, and we do it as well. Uh, we do. Uh, you know, and, but in the inside, we could be grieving. Right. We could be angry. We could be sad. We could be. But it's like that's how we're taught to, as, as a child growing up. You need to be polite. You need to say hello, goodbye, thank you. I'm fine. And that's it. And not go into any further detail. And not everybody wants to hear the truth. But you care about people, and that's something wonderful. I do care you about deeply people. care about people, about their pain, how they're doing. If yes. they're happy or not, like, I feel that when you can be happy when someone else is happy. Yes. And I, and I, when I'm at work, and sometimes, I mean, it doesn't have to be serious all the time. Yes, your mother, father, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, whoever it is, is dying. But... Our lives still continue, and the ability to laugh doesn't stop because somebody that we love is dying. It's still part of the grieving process. It's still part of what life is about. It can't be serious all the time. So you need to have that balance, too. You need to grieve. You need to cry. It's so important as part of the healing process, but you also need to laugh. Joke and, around and joke here and around. there. And I know with people that whether it's my patient or whether it's the important person in, that, in my patient's life, I know when I can joke with them and when I can't. You just know the way that they are with you. The, the, I have a gut feeling that they, you know, they, they, need, they need a joke. or It's part of who I am. I, I mean, I have a serious side, obviously, but I also love to laugh. And I try to bring that into work, too, because I kind of balance it off. You know, balance is the good with the bad. That's how I see it for myself, and, and that's how I work it. Do you, do you enjoy your job? I love my job. I absolutely love my job. To be able to, to make a difference in somebody's life. I don't want a medal, and I'm not in it for, for the money. I'm in it because I'm so lucky with what I have in my life and who I have in my life and how my life is going 
um, that if I can give back to somebody and make a difference, then it's like, okay, that's good. That's good. That's what I want to do. It's my way of saying thank you. It's gratitude. And if I can make a difference for somebody, if I can take away their pain for a few minutes, yes. Because then you see them smiling again and they have some quality of life left. You know, that they're, um, if, when we manage the pain, then they have more time with their families. They're more mm -hmm. alert. They're not busy combating uh, the pain. Like, I'm in pain, I'm in pain, I'm in pain. You know what it's like when you have a headache and your whole body is tight and you're mm -hmm. rigid and you're like, oh my God, my head hurts, my head hurts. I can't think, I can't see, I don't want to talk sort of thing. You take something for that pain and your body goes, oh, okay, this is cool. This is cool. Now I can function again. That's the same thing for somebody that's in palliative care. If we can get their pain under control, they still have some quality of life. They can still have some pleasure in life and still spend the remaining time with their family and be alert. Just takes it just takes it away for a while and then the family members are happy too. He or she talked to me for a while before she went to sleep. You know, or they they, they reacted when they saw me. When I came into the room, they had they had a smile for me because the pain was gone. And they're like, Okay, this is cool. For now I I will enjoy this. And you truly love your your job, like I can see it. You enjoy what you do. How much I met this wonderful woman was back this past summer. We were in Greece. My boyfriend met um, these two wonderful ladies in the plane. Yes. And uh, when we he got to Greece, because I was there previously with my family, he was like, oh my God, I have to tell you about these ladies that I met on the plane. They're wonderful people. And he started like telling me the story. And they were like, keep mixing from a couple of days. Yes. And uh, he was like, would you like to meet them? I was like, yeah, absolutely. And they arrived exactly on my birthday. That's right. We uh, had lunch together and it was absolutely amazing. It doesn't matter if my family was not there any longer because no. they left before. That's right. But it was just like something super natural, organic. And we were laughing. Yes, we were. Then we left. And after a week, we came back to the same city in Santorini. We wanted to have a road trip like yes. on the road and just like visiting a couple of places. And you and I, we were like, sitting in the back yes. together. We had so much fun. Yes, it was amazing. But I was asking you, what do you do for a living? When you told me, I was like trying to understand everything what you we're doing because it's not something regular or an answer that you're expecting from someone else True. to tell you about their, their work, right? True. So I was like, wow, this is amazing. So she deals with death every single day. Yes. But she was smiling when she was like telling me what she was doing for a living. And yes. I was like, this is amazing. Like, how? Um, but, wow, I know that you're going through a really tough situation right now in life, a difficult yeah. circumstance, yeah. dealing with um, death every day, and a month and a half ago... Yes, my death. youngest brother was killed in a motorcycle accident. He had just turned 60 in July, and then on September 2nd, he was killed in a motorcycle accident, and we didn't have a chance to say goodbye. Um, it, it's a shock. It's hard. It, I didn't know it could be as painful as it is. But that's part of my journey, too, part of, of my, my growth. When my father was ill, we had time to prepare. In palliative care, 
a lot of times families have this journey to go on with their loved ones as they uh, and go towards the end of their life, but they get to share it and they get to grieve with the loved one that, that, that is dying and it helps to prepare you to a certain point. You're never fully prepared to lose a loved one, never. But with palliative care, you have time. Um, well, usually you have time to go along this final journey with your loved one. And you have questions, you have fears, you have anger. Like a lot of times we get a question like, why are you not feeding my mom? Or why are you not giving mom something to drink? And you have to explain how the body works and how the body can't process it anymore. So that's part of, of the journey of, of palliative care. But to lose somebody like this it is a shock to to you. You're not prepared. You're never prepared for it. For it. Um, it's been hard. And I grieve. My mother's grieving. My older brother is grieving. Um, but I'm not angry about it. I'm not angry at... Um, God. A lot of people get angry at God. I'm not angry at uh, the woman that cut him off and caused his death. She, her life has changed now too. And being angry at her doesn't bring my brother back. So I used to think, I was talking to you earlier, I used to think I understand the um, what families go through when they lose a loved one. Um, and this was before my father died and then when my father died, I had got a stronger and better insight into what families go to go through in the grieving process. Now, with the sudden death of my brother, it's a different grieving process, and it's still painful, and it's still hard. And 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 I remember standing in my kitchen the other day, yelling at my brother, saying, "You're not supposed to be dead. You know, you're not supposed to be dead." And that's the sadness, you know. And and but the hardest part for me is seeing the grief of my mother. And to hear my mother say all the time, this is too big, this is too big. And my response is, it is big, Mom. It really is. But this was his journey. And sometimes it's not for us to understand why things happen the way they do. They do. They just do. You know, um, I can't bring him back, but I truly believe he's in a better place. And he's up there looking at us like, hey, sis, what you doing down there? You know, keep an eye on mom. And I promised my brother I would keep an eye on my mom. So grief is different for everybody. And, and uh, I think because I have the background and, and the experience in palliative care, it has helped, helps me with this. I still cry, you know, and I miss him. But I think because of my experience and my beliefs, it's helping me to move on. I have to move on. And that's what my brother would want. When your brother passed away, did you felt fear no and he wasn't afraid he was he wasn't afraid he um um i don't he never expressed fear when 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 we would talk you know um when i was there at the hospital with him i knew that he was leaving i could feel it i could see it with him um because his essence his spiritual essence was was changing and was getting pick up less and less and I'm thinking, okay, you've started your transition. You started the transition to leave us completely. And I whispered in his ear, and I said to him, you take those wings, and you soar with eagles and beyond. He said, your journey here is complete. We will miss you. We love you. And I said to him, don't worry about mom. We'll take care of mom, because he and mom were extremely close. So I keep my promise. I'm 
keeping a close eye on my mom. I was before, but even more so now. But death is, is a reality in life, whether it comes sudden or whether it comes over a period of time. And it's not to be feared. I don't think it, it should be feared. I don't fear my own death. I'm too busy at the moment to die, so we're clear on that, <laughs> right? Because um, you're helping others? Yes, I'm helping yeah. others and I'm hoping, can I take away the fear? You know, there's a lot of influences in our in our world about how we feel about death and dying. And there's a lot of uh, fear-mongering that goes on by certain organizations, certain beliefs, certain cultures. You know, if you don't do this, you're going to go to hell. But if you do do this, you're still going to go to hell. So you're, you know, um, death is death, and I don't think we get punished. I don't believe we get punished for our lives. I know you're having not just to these very hard circumstances in life, but others as well. Yes. How do you keep yourself uh, accountable to be positive, keep moving forward? My beliefs, my um, spirituality, my support systems. I have a wonderful partner. I have wonderful co-workers. I have amazing friends. Talk about it. Talk about it and allow the tears to fall. You have to. You have to in order for to, to begin the healing process. Don't keep it inside. Cry. Scream. Be angry if that's what helps you with, with to move forward. It's a journey and grief is personal. Everybody does it their own way. There's no right way, no wrong way to grieve. You know, and it takes however long it's going to take. And that's okay. And every I tell people every teardrop that you shed is a drop of love for that person that you've lost. Um, and they're not suffering anymore. And there is no hell. Despite what certain religions talk about, there is no hell. You know, you go from here to, I call it the other side. But things are better. Things are more beautiful than, than here. Um, my knowing this and believing this has helped me to to continue on and to be grateful that um, I can make a difference of it, as I said before, for people. Um, and it helps me to grieve my, my, my brother's death. Right. It's only been six weeks, so it's... Uh, I have good days, we all do, and I have bad days, I have bad moments, I have good moments, and I, I have to allow it. You know, when, when my mother starts to cry, she says, sorry, I said, never be sorry for your emotions. How you feel is how you feel. We don't always understand it, but those are your emotions. And this is, these are my emotions. Allow me my emotions as I allow other people their emotions, whether we understand it or not. That's part of everybody's journey. And that's one of the things that amazed me the most. We were walking on this yes. beautiful, beautiful park. Oh, my goodness. Amazing fall colors. Yes. And we're alive. We were talking about gratitude. Yes. How important it is to be part of in our lives. Yes. And even though when we were like talking, you were cracking emotionally because yes. it's a tough time, time to time. Yeah. You it still is. were smiling, enjoying. We even had like this beautiful uh, heart tree. Yes. The leaves were looking like hearts yes. all over, golden color, beautiful. Yes. Are you happy? Yeah. I am happy. Um, you can have both. You can be sad and still have happiness. It's not just one emotion mm-hmm. or one feeling. You can have both. Um, as I said, I've had my good moments and I've had my rough moments, but I'm happy. I really am. It's part of it's part of life. We mm-hmm. we do lose we do lose people, and it doesn't mean that I don't love my brother. I do, but I also believe he's in a better place. 
and I miss his physical presence, but I'm still connected with him soul to soul. I, I, I do believe that. Um, it's different because he's not here. You know, um, I can't call him. My mom can't call him. My older brother can't call him. But I can talk to him from here. I go, hey, Walt, like I said, the other day I was yelling at him because I told him he wasn't supposed to be dead. <laughs> You're not supposed to be dead. You know, and, and we always thought, well, we would lose our parents before we lose a sibling. In this case, it's a sibling before my mother. You know, and I told my mother she's forbidden to die. So, you know, like, not now, Mom, not now. Um, but I, I, I have to laugh. I have to, there's that balance again, right? It, it kind of balances things out. It can't all be just one way. It has to be. There has to be a balance with emotions, with tears and with laughter, with anger and, and sadness. You know, it, we have to have that balance in order to continue to move forward. I'm not stopping my job because I've lost my brother. I'm not stopping working in palliative care because I've, I've, I've lost my brother. No, because this is what I'm meant to do. And I'm lucky. I'm one lucky person because I got to go back to school at the age of 42 to get my nursing license to work in palliative care. You know, with my, with my father's help, I was able to go back to school. And so 20 years ago, I got my nursing license in my mid-40s. You know, and here I am, and I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. It's who, it's what I am meant to do. I'm yeah, you're doing an amazing job. So. Congratulations, no, Thank for you. real. Thank you're you. helping many people, many families out yeah. there, and that's that's amazing. And from so you have not doing this for long. It's only been working on Palo um, Care since eleven years ago. Yeah. At, at this, at where I am at now, it's been, it's been 11 years, um, I started off in palliative care as a volunteer. And that was, that was with AIDS patients in 1991. Wow. That's when I started working with AIDS patients. And I was a volunteer. I wasn't a nurse. I was working in an office all the time. But I was in there like a dirty shirt, hands-on care. Whether it was bathing, feeding, changing, preparing them for the funeral home. Whatever needed to be done, I was there with the nurse. And that's when the light went on. I went, hmm, I like working with people better than I like sitting at a computer right. all day. Helping out yeah. there. Like, yeah. that's why you're starting, like, nursing, right? That's right. That's right. So then I went I went to school and became what's now known as PSW. And I was the first PSW that the hospice in Toronto hired. And But I found quickly found that I was limited in what I could do knowledge-wise, skill-wise, you know, I couldn't do medication. I couldn't do dressing changes. I couldn't, I mean, you know, I could do bed baths and that, but I wanted to do more. I wanted to be more involved with pain management and that. So I went back to school and uh, with my family's help, my father's help, got my nursing license. And this is what I've been doing. I tried different areas of nursing over the years, but palliative care kept calling me back. I thought, okay, okay, God, I get the message. This is where I'm, I'm meant to be. We were talking earlier that we started like one thing or we think that we're going to, on a on this path yes then life circumstances are happening yes and we started like designed moving yes. to the left to the right like yes. to see what's uh, fitting to our life in a better way yes and uh, what it made you change exactly to be nursing more than 30 years ago right. to say no i'm going this way 
for me, it, I, I was discontent working in, in, a, in an office. And there was, it wasn't rewarding for me at all. It was a regular nine-to-five job. And, and um, I just felt like this is not meant for me. And I didn't know what it was at the time until I started volunteering. And along the journey, I, I took the courses and I, I asked questions. I still take courses because it's costly changing. Um, and it was like a light went on and said, okay, Mayor, this, this is what you're, you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do palliative care, not other types of nursing. I run into nurses and they say, well, what do you do? And I, my response is, I do palliative care. And I get a reaction like, oh, I couldn't do what you do. What do you mean? You're a nurse. Well, some nurses like labor and delivery or the OR or the ER, you know, and I'm like, okay, that's good for you, but this is what I'm meant to do. But some of the nurses don't know what palliative care really is. They just think, okay, palliative care means they're going to be dead the next day, the next hour. And that's not true. Palliative care takes as long as it will take, and it's a different way of taking care of patients compared to working in an operating room, in the recovery room, or where the patients are expected to survive, get better, and go home. Where for me is the patients come to me, and I know that they're going to die. So what can I do for them during that journey? So beautiful. But that's for me. That's just that's just who I am. And people say I say that all the time. People say, "What? What do you mean?" But it comes from my gut. Comes from my heart. Comes from my soul. It really is what I'm meant to do in this life. We're talking about life's journeys, and we were talking earlier, and I said, "Think about it." You know, we all through our journey, we can look back and say. Why did I do that? Why did I do this? Why did I stay with that person all those years? And why, you know, well, that's the past. And when we're walking, we're walking, looking forward. Our journey is looking forward, not looking behind us because behind us is over. It's finished. We can't change it. Hopefully we have learned and we continue to grow from our mistakes. We know we're not going to do the same thing again. And okay, so now that's why that's happened. Okay, well, it won't happen again. And this made me a better and stronger person. I've gone through losses in my life. 12 years ago, I had nothing. Just had the shirt on my back and I had absolutely nothing. No money, no place to live. And I, I worked hard and here I am. I have money in my bank account for the first time, you know. I've traveled a lot. I have a home, I have a partner, I have a dog who has me well trained. I have a job that I love, you know. I have amazing friends. And how lucky am I? I don't take it for granted. I say thank you every single day. Because it could be gone tomorrow. I could be gone tomorrow. I don't plan to, but I mean, I could be gone. Don't, yeah. please. I, no, no. I'm going to be around to cause trouble for a long time. And we're talking about the present today. Yes. We're always worrying about tomorrow. Yes. But yesterday? Yes. That's what you said earlier. Yeah. Today is the tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. We're worried about yesterday. And it's true. I've certainly learned over the years to take it one day at a time. Today is here. Mm. Let me deal with today. I mean, I still plan vacations and that's something to look forward to down the road. But I don't lose focus on today because today is, is a journey. It's a gift, you know, and if you have a good day or a bad day, it's still, it's still with the present and still say thank you. And I do every single day I say thank you. I say thank you to my higher power that I'm here, you know, that I'm doing what I love. And there are days when I'm mad at my higher power, you know, and God's probably going, oh, there she goes again. <laughs> but God understands where I'm coming from. Why I'm sad some days and why I'm angry some days and why I'm laughing. Because God laughs with us. God cries with us. You know, it's it's life. It's the journey. You know, like I'm lucky. Here I am. I'm a 63-year-old woman doing a job that I love and I don't see me retiring. At least for, not for another 10 years. 
because this is a gift that my higher power has honored me with, and I'm like, I'm going to do this as long as I can. I'm physically able to, mentally smart enough to, I'm going to continue to do this until God says, okay, time for a break. So that's going to be at least another 10 years. And if it's longer, it'll be longer, and that's okay too, because it's rewarding on all the levels that it can be. Definitely. So that's that's your drive behind yes. what you do. Yes. And I want to make a difference because I'm lucky. I've had some rough times. But you know what? I've learned and grown from those rough times. And I think it's made me the person that I am. I should say, I believe it's made me the person that I am today. You know, it's, yeah, okay, it wasn't easy. And I thought I wasn't going to make it. But here I am. And I'm laughing. You know, I have a house. I have a car. I have a dog. I said, you know, uh, 12 years ago, I didn't have that. I'm a stronger person for it. It totally makes a difference uh, being grateful every yes, day. It does make a difference. It does make a difference. Um, because if you take something for granted or if you have expectations of, for example, people guarantee that they'll let you down. You have no expectations. Smile at the rewards. Smile at the surprises. Because that's the way that it should be. If you expect people to behave a certain way, they're going to let you down. It's just human nature. You know, no expectations, no disappointments is what they say. I've learned that over the years, too. Sadly, but it's true. It is true. It is true. You know, but like we say, gratitude goes a long mm -hmm. way. Respect for each other and treat each other with, with respect and dignity. And it's just, you know, like, and not, people are so quick to judge. I get judged all the time. Because I'm heavy, I don't care. I mean, this is still me. The outside is just a shell. We had that discussion earlier today in regards to my brother, you know. Um, it's just a shell. I could have picked a nicer shell, I say sometimes, you know. But it's really, it's the inside that matters. I don't see people's color, race, gay, straight, whatever. I don't care. I see the person for who they are by looking in their eyes. Because the eyes lead to the soul. The eyes are the windows to the soul, right? Um, and people, people are quick to judge. And I, when I catch myself judging, I'm like, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be doing that. You know? And if somebody annoys me for whatever reason, I'm human. It's not because they're a different color or a different, different nationality or whatever. Because that's who they are sometimes. And we just don't click. In every walk of life, we meet people that we click with. We get along with that we love, but there are people we just don't connect with. That's okay too. That's part of our journey. You know, you have, once again, it's the balance between the good and the bad, the up and the down. What happens when you get home every single day? My dog greets me at the door with the ball. <laughs> Guaranteed. She says, Okay, mom, come on, let's play. And I'm like, I want to get in the door first. Thank you very much. So that if I've had a rough day or I've had death at, at work and I'm reviewing it in my mind as I'm coming home and then I come in the door and there's this dog to see me that has the tail's going 10,000 miles a minute and with a ball, then I start to laugh. I'm like, okay, there's that balance again. Um, I don't often talk about work at home um, unless it's really something that is an unusual death or an unexpected death, and then I will talk about it with, with my partner and say, you know, 
uh, this particular lady has had a, had a beautiful passing. She was 42. She died of ovarian cancer, for example. And my partner said, oh, no, no, don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. When I talk about that family was around her, that her husband held her as she died, and the love that he and the kids obviously had for this woman. I said, wow, wow, like what a beautiful moment. It doesn't have to be um, scary, as I said before. It doesn't have to be an angry moment. It can be a very peaceful moment. It can be um, where the family is awestruck that how peaceful mom or dad or whoever it is died, that they weren't afraid and they're, they're thankful that they were in the room when their mother or father died. When they first come to us, they're terrified. But they have questions. Answer the question. Everybody has questions. And I often say to them, when, while your mother, father, whoever it is, is here, we will always tell you what's going on. Open lines of communication. You can ask anything. When it comes to the care of a loved one, there's no such thing as a stupid question. You know, and sometimes you won't like what it is I have to tell you. But it's the truth. And what you do with that information is up to you. But it's the truth. Because I don't want you coming back to me three months down the road saying, well, why didn't you tell me that dad was going to do this? Or this is why mom was doing this. And why didn't you tell me that mom was going to die tonight? You know, I will always tell you there are changes. You know, uh, I'll say, do you think I could go and come back in the morning? And if I think that's not a good, good idea, I will tell them, I think you should maybe stay. I think that they might go tonight. You know, and I can usually tell, I can usually have a sense that if somebody's close to, to their death, certain, there's certain ways that work, like we're, as a nurse, we're taught to assess, but myself as a human being and being very insensitive, being very sensitive, intuitive, um, I can t usually tell when time is really close. And I will say, maybe you should stay, you know, or they're changing, it won't be long now. You know, or if there's nobody around and I see changes, I'll phone the family and say, if you want to come, now would be a good time to come. Um, so that they don't die alone. And if there's nobody there, I'm usually there with them. And I'm talking to them. And I'm, I have, every person is different as to what I say. And oftentimes I have found over the years that the words that come out of my mouth are not my own. Mm -hmm. It's my higher power saying, okay. You know, and I don't remember half the time. What, what I'm saying, but I'm there with them until they leave. And how you disconnect yourself from these moments to take back to your another reality in life? Because it's, I, I can do so because I know that it's a part of life. But how you do it? I just do. That's the only way I, I, I can describe it because I look at it, okay, when people ask me that, I often say, well, I look at it, okay, now their journey is coming to an end. The journey is complete. And, and okay, I, I'm good with it. Family's good with it. The person themselves is good with it. And it's like, okay, well, now the journey is ended. And it's not that I don't care. I do. But it's like, okay, all right. And it's, it's the only way I can, I can describe it. And when you go out from the hospital, how you disconnect yourself to listen to a good song? Or be mm -hmm. thinking about family or the other a part of the coin from your life? What I do is I music is important to me. And I get in the car and I'll play a certain artist or whatever. John Lennon's a big influence on me, so I'll often play his music. 
different kinds of music, all different types of genre. I love Mozart. I'll play Mozart. Or I'll go for a walk and I'll look around like we did today. Look at, at the beauty of life and the, and the colors in life. And, and yeah, it's still, it's still here. It doesn't stop. It's still here and, and that's good. Um, and I find for me walking on snow hills <laughs> is um, a, a, good, a good therapy for me. Or sometimes even just driving home from work. I decompress. I review everything. And, okay, I did this right. I did that right. That was beautiful. Okay. You know? That's what I was going to ask yeah. you. How you decompress yourself? In a positive sense, you know? Yes. Because yes. you are positive. I think because, it, once again, it's my belief. It's my spiritual beliefs. And, and um, I don't take work home with me, really. I mean, I do sometimes if it's been a particular difficult death. Or with somebody that's been there for a while and you developed a relationship with them and their family and now they're no longer there and you miss them. Because they become my part of part of part of your family. Um I just I don't know, it's like I just step outside of myself when I'm at work, you know, and I do what I have to do. This is what I'm meant to do, and then when I leave I put come back into myself. Almost like two different persons in a way. Because people have seen me outside of work and then they see me in work mode, they're like I would never guess what you you do in life. No, I would never guess. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Do you have any hobbies? Um, I used to play guitar, and I, I haven't done that for a while. But horseback riding, because that's my. I did horseback riding when I was in Greece a few months ago. Oh, through that, it, you I know. Remember. And I've gone horseback riding in Nicaragua and different parts of the world. That's just was what that's for me is a release. That's part of my healing. I love horses. I love being around horses. And I have a friend who has a farm. With horses and I will go there and spend the day just mucking about with, with the horses. Nature is for me and animals. I I love to feed my birds in the backyard. I have cardinals and blue jays and your sparrows and your finches and chickadees and that. So I, I, that, I go out in the backyard and decompress that way too and I talk to the birds and my partner says yeah you better wear a sign in your head saying it's me. <laughs> you know um, it's just connecting with nature again too. That's healing, but music is music is the number one for me for, for decompressing. In a daily basis. Yeah. Definitely. What woman inspires you? Hmm. That's a good question. A mother. She just retired in March. She's at the age of eighty seven. Wow. Yeah. Strong, incredibly strong woman. Very hard worker. She loved what she did too. She worked with a cardiologist for 45 years. So she incredibly strong. She held the family together too, as did my father. Um, I just, I'm in awe of the fact that she worked to 87. And I said to my mother the other day, I love you, but I won't be 87 when I retire. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just tired thinking of that. My mom's common sense, her, her love for her family, her acceptance of all of us and she's been a big influence my father's mother my oma was a big influence although she lived in holland we lived here in canada they would come every other year for uh, about 25 years to visit us and my grandmother was a very quiet woman but she had a quiet strength about her and i think that she understood me really well um she just, and her laugh, she too likes to laugh. And I can still hear my grandmother's laugh. 
when she laughs, it comes from the heart, and you can feel it, and you can hear it. And I've often said, if I can be one-tenth the woman that my grandmother was, I'll be okay. I like to think that I'm that one-tenth because of uh, um, her strength, her quietness, her gentleness, her non-judgment of people. Um, she loved me unconditionally. I know that with my grandmother. I always felt that with my grandmother. There's a lot of women that, that I, I read. Maya, Maya Angelou, she wrote about life and what life was like, you know, and her poetry and her truth, speaking the truth. It was always, um, she was amazing writer, amazing human being, um, Oprah Winfrey, Alan DeGeneres, they're both very strong, powerful, and very giving, very caring women. I truly believe that you get out of life what you put into it. And look what they're giving back to people. You know, and, and uh, I say that all the time to people. You get out of life what you put into it, so be careful. Because if all you put is negative energy in it, that's all that you draw towards you is negative energy. If you put a lot of love and positive energy and laughter and caring, it comes back to you tenfold. And with the recent death of my brother, it definitely has come back to me in a very positive way with the support I have from my co-workers, my family, my friends, my partner. Um, it really has kept me going. So, Do you have any favorite quote? Life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. We'll make it my favorite yeah. one. Because it's true. If you think about it, we, every day we wake up with a plan. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And like I remember years ago, I used to get so impatient thinking, all I want to do is do this. But in between point A to point B, there are different deviations. You know, there are different detours, you know, and, and it's life. It's like when we were planning a trip. Yep. How long we're planning the trip for. Yep. How much we we're waiting for it. Yep. Couple of months, weeks, and we're losing all the time. Yeah. We just want to get to the trip and yeah. get excited and have vacations and... Yeah. Set up and like and you forget yeah, to, to, to be aware of the journey towards that trip, you know, yeah, what happens between absolutely. now and, and that trip and, and what we do with our lives, you know. Um, especially with expectations, yes, it is expectations, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, be careful, absolutely. careful, you know, like I mean, and when you're on a trip, you know, and, and you're someplace and something happens, and it, it's, um, uh, you know, it's like I remember when we had the hotel we had in, in Santorini. I didn't like it. I didn't think the room was big enough. You know, and Joe said, it's, it's perfect. I said, I don't like it. Well, too bad. Put up with it. Okay. And that was it. Yeah. It is what it is, you know. And and you just adjust. You adapt to it, you know. Um, it's just a, a, a reminder. You have to adapt. You have to adjust accordingly, you know. And it's a balance in life again, mm -hmm. you know. So... I've, I've lived my life. I really have lived a life. I, you know, I look back and I go, wow, did I really do that? Wow, did I really travel? You're still rocking it. I, well, yeah, because I, listen, 63 is just a number. In my mind, I'm 30. My body says, no, girl, not even close, you know. But now I, I guess it would be like 40-something. Well, thank you. I just, it's, life is to be lived. I don't want to live it. I don't want to travel as long as I can. So my body says no more, because I don't want to be in my 80s thinking, you know what, I could have, I should have. Those are waste. Oh, that's a waste. I did. If you have dreams and goals, go after them. 
you know, I say, but maybe I should, and what if? Never mind what if. Try it. Get out there and try it. Don't automatically assume that you're going to fail. If it's important enough to you, get out there and do it. Don't say it. Don't wait for it to come to you because it's not going to come to you. Mm-hmm. Go after it. That's your journey in life. Go after your journey and 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 fight for it. You know, or, or know that you can do anything that you set your mind to. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I got my nursing license and, and, and when I was 43. It's never too late. It's never too late. I remember going back to college and I'm walking down the hallway and I'm thinking, after 25 years, I'm back in school. How is this possible? And you never know. That's right. <laughs> right? That's right. You know, and it, it leads to better opportunities. It leads to a better life. It leads to, for me, discovering who I am and what I'm about. And that journey never stops. But that's good because there's still stuff I want to learn. There's still stuff that I, I want to do. Believe in yourself. Believe that you can do it. Do anything. Look how far I've come. That's what I say to myself. Look how far I've come. And I've fought. And I'm a fighter. And I'm stubborn. And that's what keeps me going. Is that I have not given up. You know. Continue on. This journey. As painful as it is. And right now it is painful. It's um, part of the our roller coaster. That's right. That's right. It is. You have ups and downs, and you feel like you're going backwards. But Okay, go backwards for a little bit, but you're going to continue to move forward. You know, like I said, when you're walking, you're walking looking ahead of you. You're not walking looking behind you because you're going to, you're not going to see what's in present, what's right in front of you, what's right there. You're not going to see that. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Marianne, for mm-hmm. being here. Thank you. I'm super grateful. Yesterday was Thanksgiving here in, in Canada. And I'm super grateful what you share to us and how we see life. If we either having pain or not, mm-hmm. but like we have to move forward. And pain sometimes is part of our lives. It is, it is Fortunately and unfortunately, because we learn from it. We do. We do. Every we single grow step. From it. And it is hard some days. And, and that's okay. And that's you okay. Allow yourself those, those hard days and allow the tears to come. That's part of the healing. I admire you so much and I'm super grateful to have a pure soul like you. Thank you. Likes and loves to help others. I do. It's, it's rewarding on so many levels. Like I have to learn so much from you. Well, you're stuck with me, so I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so I remember to balance it out with some laughter. And positivity. And positivity, definitely. Thank you very much. Thank you. Wow, what a life testimony made me confirm that life is to be lived and truly be present to every single second. If there is something you can go a day without thinking about it, then don't give up. I invite you to pay attention to the beauty of life. It can be simple as looking leaves falling from the trees or watching the sunset colors. Are you conscious how balanced your emotions are in order to move forward? Don't limit yourself and let's keep going. Don't forget to smile.